This episode is sponsored by Big Life Journal. We don't always know what to do when our kids melt in the face of challenges or can't cope with their failures. The truth is, resilience is a skill that can be taught to children, and it's a crucial one. Resilient kids recover from failures faster and are well prepared for adult life. Big Life Journal has released its brand new printable kit to help kids develop resilience. The Resilience Kit is a collection of fun and engaging worksheets and activities. Print at your convenience as many times as you need. Add the kit to your social-emotional curriculum or use as part of your homeschool morning time. Head over to BigLifeJournal.com and you can use the 10% discount code HSSisters. Bulk order discounts are also available for homeschool co-ops and groups. Just email Vanessa at BigLifeJournal.com for more information. Hi there, and welcome to the Homeschool Sisters podcast. I'm Kate. And I'm Kara, and we're two homeschooling moms doing this homeschooling thing right beside you. We don't have it all figured out, but one thing we know for sure is that homeschooling is a lot easier when you have a sister by your side. Hey, Kate. Hey, Kara. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm, I'm great. By the time this episode airs, you will be tan and relaxed and back from Jamaica, right? <laughs> yes, unless, you know... Unless I decide to stay there. (laughs) (laughs) If there's not an episode 73, because I think this is 72, well, no, it's because you are just um, hanging out in a hammock. In a hammock. Full time. Sorry, sisters. Have you seen that thing? um, I've shared it on Facebook where it's like the girl that's talking about like when I'm older, I'm just going to move to Jamaica and order fish tacos and everybody's going to leave me alone. Oh my gosh. No, but it sounds like something I could get behind. Yeah, I'll have to see if I can eat, add it to the show notes. some jerk chicken, have some delicious <laughs> ch- coffee, read all the books. <laughs> I haven't continue. been there yet, but I already love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know by the time people hear this, you'll have already been back, but we're recording it before, so I hope you guys have yes. a wonderful time. Hope right it's super now fun. I'm in the, like, pre, the pre-pack plan craze phase. Yeah. It'll all be worth it. Okay, so I have a question. Like, at what point do you, what t- at what point are you able to relax when you take a trip with kids? Is it like when you're officially on the plane and everybody's buckled in and you're there? Is it when you check in at the hotel? Is it three days in? <laughs> um, it's not on the plane because I have one that thinks we're gonna. We could refer to the worry episode. Okay. <laughs> he's he's not thrilled about going. He'll be okay. fine when he's there. But um, it's probably once we're safely at the hotel. Okay. And like the bags touch the floor. And I see, <gasps> or maybe when I yeah. see like the ocean. Yeah. I was talking with a friend yesterday. We were walking the track and it was like sleeting here in New Hampshire. <laughs> so cold. But we were talking about how there's something about when you go to an island and you see the ocean there with the clear water, that's like immediately calming in a way that doesn't happen here when I go to the beach in New England. Yeah. I don't know. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Because our spring has been really kind of very cold and wet. It was hailing this morning. Well, I'm ready to get out of Dodge. We were out of town. My daughter and I went to Cincinnati for the great homeschool convention there. On Saturday, it snowed six inches here. But we drove back on Sunday, and by the time we got here, there was no snow left because it was 50 well, that's degrees. That's kind of beautiful. It is, but 
it's kind of crazy too. It's like, I don't know. My kids left for a nature camp this morning and my daughter was in leggings with like holes in the knees and clocks, uh, clocks. I can't even talk Crocs. And I was like, you can't wear that. (laughs) (laughs) I know you want it to be spring, but there was just hail on the skylights. Like, right. Put on jeans at the very least. Yeah. And you know, socks and footwear. Yeah. We were trying to channel it. We really, really want the warmer weather. We had like one or two days where it was kind of warm and then it went away. Quickly. It's not going to be that long though. We're going to be hanging out at the pool, doing poolside oh, professional development. I can't wait. It's well, I'm be hoping that I'll just like, you know, if I decide to return from Jamaica, I will bring <laughs> some of that weather with me. Every time it's hailing here, I put Jamaica in the weather app on my phone. So I just look at it. I'm like, oh, I do that. I still have, um, you know, when we went on our trip last year to Florida, yeah, I I still have that. Yeah. (laughs) I have the same thing. Yeah. Just remember when I was so warm. I was so warm all the time. Every morning we would just walk along the ocean and just talk about things. It was so nice. We have to do that again. At all. Yeah. We do have to do that again. Yeah. I'll come back for that. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. That's a good plan. I'll fly in from Jamaica. <laughs> be a shorter trip. Flying from Jamaica to Florida. My little crap plane. I'm <laughs> a puddle jumper. You're so fancy. So fancy. Okay. So we have one bit of business to take care of, and that is that the date for the new Kindred Collective Homeschool online conference has been announced June 28th and it's going to be all about planning so make sure you head over to kindredhomeschool.com and get signed up for our newsletter because then you'll be the first to know about what we have going on and then you can join our awesome Facebook group which is full of lovely people and then we also have uh, Instagram Mm mm-hmm and we'll put and links to all that. you don't want to miss any of those things because it's going to be great. In the show notes. Yeah. And I'm not sure when tickets are going on sale. We do know that actually, but I can't think off the top of my head. We don't have it right in front of us. But, mm-hmm. but if you're signed soon, up so for, sign up for the, um, newsletter. the newsletter, you will know as soon as that happens. And you want to sign up at Kindred for that newsletter. And, mm-hmm. you know, even though we welcome you to Sisters... There's been a bunch of sisters recently that are looking for the Facebook group. Oh, and okay. And I don't know how to finagle that kind of technology, so you have to go to Kindred. Yeah. And sign up there, too. So okay. you could just double sign up, and then you'd be at all the places, and you wouldn't miss anything. Right. <laughs> and we don't send a ton of emails. We're, we're, we're pretty non-annoying as far as emails go. We don't send out a ton. <laughs> right. It's not like Old Navy that emails me like seven times a day to be like, our swimsuits are still on sale. And I'm like, thank you, Old Navy. Thank you. Our permanent sale. Yeah. Guess what? Our swimsuits are still on sale. I'm like, okay, thank you. (laughs) We just wanted to let you know. Like, they must know I need a swimsuit. They're stalking me. (laughs) All right. So we have an awesome guest today. I am so excited about this one. Yes. We are joined today by Erin Lochner of Other Goose, which is an international online homeschool community for kids, well, families with kids two through seven. And 
we just have like a great talk about it and about approaching homeschooling for those early years and how you can make it intentional and fun and yet not make yourself crazy. I love it. I wish and this I think would have existed when whatever our philosophies are, I feel like our philosophies overlap. I just really connected with her and love what she's doing. I'm really excited about what she's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And I, I really wish it would have existed when I had little tiny people. It makes me want to have another little tiny person mm-hmm. because I think it just sounds like it would be so much fun. And there's a forum and there's ways even to track your kids like passions and interests which is just fantastic I've never seen anything else like that out there except for you know scribbling it in the margins of your notebook so (laughs) I know it's perfect yeah it really it really sounds like it would be a great fit for so many people with lots of young kids for sure and 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 she wrote like a gorgeous book that we are both obsessed with and have talked about before yeah. So if you haven't heard of Other Goose, you may know Erin from Chasing Slow. Mm-hmm. Or from her blog, Design for Mankind. She... Or from HGTV. <laughs> I mean, she's all over the place. Right. Or maybe, you know, the New York Times. You know, I mean. <laughs> she's... Martha Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. She's, uh her writing um, and design work have been showcased in all kinds of places. Um, Parenting Magazine, Marie Claire, Huffington Post. Yeah. So, um, but this is new for her and we are so excited to get to share it with our community. So should we give Erin a call? We should. Okay. Hi, Erin. Hi guys. I'm so excited to chat with you. Thank you so much for being here. here. Yeah, we're very, very excited to, to talk to you. Um, so for those of uh, those listeners who might not know you and um, or are looking for some more information, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family and the work that you do? Of course, yes. So um, I'm Erin. I live in the Midwest. I have two kids, a six-year-old girl, two-year-old boy. Um, let's see. We. I am an author. Um you know how it's so hard to explain your work in like, you know, five sentences or whatever. So I would say my main job is writing. I'm an author and uh, wrote a book called Chasing Slow, which was published a couple years ago. And it's uh, a bit about slow living. It's a little bit about uh, kind of just being a human rather than doing human, I would say. And my latest project is a homeschooling community for the early years called Other Goose. And uh, that's where my main passion is kind of living right now. It's been a blast. Oh, I love that. And we, of course, know you from Chasing Slow. We both loved that book. So it's so exciting to get to talk to you. I remember um, when it came out doing a blog post and then adding like a list at the end of it because I was like, I'm so inspired by Chasing Slow. I'm adding a list because you just have the (laughs) format of your book is so great where there's these neat little breakout things everywhere. And if I'm sorry, I didn't just love the content, but it was just so beautiful. It was a book that was on my coffee table because it it just invited you to read it. Really, really pretty. Thank you. Well, I really, um, I couldn't decide what I wanted to, to do. Right. So I just kind of mishmashed a lot of things, right. It's like part coffee table book, part memoir. Uh, but then there's checklists. It's a, yeah, the, my poor 
publisher was like, I don't actually know where to put this in a bookstore. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it worked. It absolutely worked. And we both loved it. And we were just so excited to get to talk to you. But we really want to talk to you about your newest project, which is called Other Goose. And you said your kids are six and two. Is that right? Okay. That actually... um, is perfect for our first question that we have because, and we get this a lot from people. Actually, I was just at the great homeschool convention in Cincinnati and um, at our mutual pal, Sarah McKenzie's talk. And she asked, uh, now how many of you get tripped up every day by the baby or the toddler? (laughs) So you have a toddler. So what is, what does that look like for you? How do you, how are you making things work with, um, kind of just toddlers can be, you know, they have, they have opinions and thoughts and head their own way. And, you know, how, how do you kind of make that work? Well, so that, that was a really big learning curve for me because I didn't, it's first of all, six and two is a great age gap. So I can't really speak to what it's like when you're kind of, uh, you know, when there's like four in diapers, I don't even know how people do that. I can't, I can't help there at all. But I do know with my particular kids, with their particular personalities, um, the toddler just kind of wants to be there. He just, he just wants to do what we do. And so because my oldest is six and because the lessons are so low stakes, right? Like we're, I mean, we're pretty much just, it's anything goes at this point. Our, our, we, we use other goose in terms of a curriculum and the, and the lessons are very process oriented rather than results oriented. So the moment that I can kind of take the result that's desired in my head out of the picture and just present the work and just present the activity um, and let the toddler be there, it's fine. It's like, it's, it takes longer. Yeah, it takes longer, but I've, I've found the best success in just letting him exist around the work. And there's so many other great lessons in that, right? The six-year-old has to be more patient because she's interrupted. The uh, two-year-old has to be more patient because I'm working with another kid. Um, Sometimes, like if we're sitting down to do math, which is kind of the only formal, I I hate even calling it formal because it's not, but the more formal activities of, of the set, sometimes I'll just sit with my two-year-old and read the Sneetches or which is his favorite story ever. And I will have the six-year-old read through her homework and do things as she normally would, but I'm, I'm still present with her. I'm there to ask questions. She's independent enough that it works for her and he's dependent enough <laughs> that it works for him. Then the other, I, I but it's worked. I've, I've done it a variety of ways. I've tried the whole give the toddler attention first and then he'll maybe wander off. That sometimes works for us. Um, the old standby of do it while he's napping, that always works, right? If there's something that you really, that your six-year-old really wants to explore and you need to kind of manage that scenario, she's going to bake a cake. Or if she wants to um, forage in the backyard, right? Anything that needs management, uh, I just wait and do while he's napping. And that's the beauty of it, right? You you have so much more flexibility than you realize. I love how you said as soon as you take your own expectation out of it, because I think that's so much of the struggle, especially when you're transitioning from, you know, 
when you're officially homeschooling, I guess is what I'm about to say. When your kids are reach a certain age and you feel like, okay, now I have to start homeschooling. That's a lot of pressure that we can sometimes put on ourselves and get up in our heads about it. Mm-hmm. Which is so funny. Like start, what does start homeschooling even mean? Right. right. Like, that's so funny. Like we're at, they've been in this house forever. We've been doing it already. Uh, but, but there is something weird in our brains that until we sit down and formally put a name to it or, or look for something intentional, it feels like we're actually not doing any work, um, which is a big reason why, uh, why I created Other Goose. I needed the confidence to be able to say that what I was doing was homeschooling. I needed the intentionality to be able to say, okay, we did something productive today. We did, we, we came up with something to do. We did it. It's on the checklist. I'm not even that type A of a person, but for some reason I needed some sort of structure in my day. And and that seems to help for me with that. I feel like I'm not a type A person either, but I, I need structure, but I actually like it when somebody else is giving me like the, you know, the outside structure a little bit. So that's what I really love about what I've gotten to see about other goose. So can you kind of talk a little bit about what those lessons look like? I know you've said they're, they can take as little as 20 minutes, but they can take far longer. Absolutely. Well, so for one, I I don't really know exactly. I wouldn't, I would call them lesson props, I guess, because I don't really believe in formal education for these years, right? There, I mean, the ages that we of families that with the children are two to seven. So, if you're a parent with a kid age two to seven, then um, the prompts are all age specific for those age groups. And you would simply sign up your kid, and uh, there's a custom dashboard where five lessons for your child's age shows up in that dashboard. You can have multiple kids, multiple ages um, between two and seven. So. Anyway, those prompts offer any any lesson within 10 categories, everything from math to logic to foundations to there's even a relationship category, which I think is kind of important to consider while we're homeschooling. So um, like this morning, the, the lesson that I did with my kids was a blind contour drawing. So um, we'll just it's a prompt where I'll say, okay, here's the blind contour drawing. Here's what you do. Here's why it matters. Here's what it's perfect for, whether that be, um, strengthening your bond as a parent and a child, whether that be, you know, sort of working through sensory awareness or whatever it is. And, and then there's always a challenge and a related reading. So because, you can do more because you can adapt those materials to your kid. If your kid's really into blind contour drawing and they want to do the dog and they want to do the parent and they want to do the house, then obviously you could keep going with that as long as you want to. But I also know there are days where 20 minutes even seems completely unmanageable. So I always encourage parents to adapt backwards as well if they need to. So if it's blind contour drawing and all you can get out of the day is like one complete sentence, skip the lesson, do it tomorrow. We keep all the lessons so they show up in a progress report for the parent. Um, That way they can revisit them if they're like, you know, we didn't really explore that as much as we wanted to, or my kid really loved that, we wanna do it again. Then the lessons are still there. So in a sense, I would say they're rooted in the idea that you really only need 20 minutes. Some of them are quick, some of them are long. Uh, yesterday's was host a steering contest with your kid, uh, right? Because there's How fun. 
there. Um, there are things you can do anywhere. You can do them on the go. You can do them in the dentist office. You can do them um, at home or or whether you're exploring or on the road, whatever. So I would say 20 minutes is a good marker. But yeah, it's, they're, they're just so flexible and they're very simple. And I don't believe in... You know that parent math where it's like you spend an hour setting up an activity and they do it for two minutes? Mm-hmm. Yes. I can't handle that. I'm so, it, it just makes me resentful of my child. It puts me in a bad mood. I feel like I've wasted all morning making 25 rainbow rice recipes for a century. <laughs> day. I just don't believe in that stuff. I just don't. So it's free of that. There's no prep involved. There's no fancy materials. There's no eight ingredient science projects. I don't. I, I just don't with, with six and two year olds. I, I don't buy it. I don't do it. I love that though. I love hearing, um, that it's, it's simple ideas that you can do wherever you are, because some days you really are just like, if I can just get everybody fed today, that's a success. And then if you can add on to that, when you're in those really busy hands-on years with little ones, and we accomplished this and put a big check mark next to it. I mean, oh, that just makes me feel like that would have been so manageable when my kids were young. And instead, there's so many voices out there screaming, are they reading yet? Um, you know, are, are you doing, um, you know, three hours of school a day or all these like really unreasonable things when even if we send our kids to like a preschool program, they're not doing... I mean, they're, they're basically, it's kind of um, chaos management in preschool, right? Like they're just, (laughs) 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 they're just trying to keep the kids like busy and from, you know, I mean, disasters happening. So (laughs) yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, one, my mission here is, so other kids is completely grace-based. I don't believe in, in fear-based marketing. I know it. I mean, it works. It does. You know, I could say, do this or your kid's not going to be ready for kindergarten or whatever that even means. But um, it's not true because we are on this path because we see value in kind of breaking that success standard. And we see value in every kid being different and every kid exploring the passions and and deepening their learning in different categories. And that doesn't mean they're going to be, you know, tiny baby geniuses if you do all these lessons. Um, I just... I feel like that's a really um, that's a really interesting thing that that I've noticed. What once parenting became kind of a thing, <laughs> a, a thing, right? And parenting is now like the mold and the model. Um, then suddenly, child education just became really rooted in fear. And I think the danger to that as parents is now we are doing things out of expectation and not out of joy, or doing things out of lack of confidence, which I would say, if I could boil down what other goose is for, it's actually more for the parent than the child, because you learn by doing, right? We're not, we're not going to get practice teaching our kids if we don't practice teaching our kids. Um, but I remember hearing from seasoned homeschoolings, you know, I, we decided to, to homeschool our kid right off the bat, although I didn't know anything about it. I just she came out and we thought this is probably not going to be a compliant child. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> I knew I want to raise a kid of character rather than compliance. I know you can have both, 
but if I if I have to skew one way in the early years, I'm going to pick character. And so, um, when I asked seasoned homeschoolers, okay, what does it look like to do this for for young kids? I would hear, and they're right, but I would hear, just keep doing what you're doing, just be a parent, focus on the relationship. But my brain didn't understand what that meant. And I was also like, you haven't seen me parent. You don't know that that's true. What if I'm doing something that's completely bananas? <laughs> so I didn't believe them because I didn't have trust in the process because I hadn't practiced it. So the beauty of, of starting in the early years isn't so that your kid comes out to be a tiny Einstein. It is so that you are practiced when the stakes get high. It's so that you know how to hold your tongue. You know how to um, go with the flow. You know how to get on the train that's moving. You are practiced in all of that flexibility and structure and self-confidence that it requires to kind of run the race well, if that makes sense. I love that. And one of the things that really struck me when I was going through Other Goose was the interest log and how you're actually having parents chart their children's interests, which is huge because if you want children to learn, the best way to do that is through something that they're already feeling joy with. And I just think that's a wonderful thing to have parents notice. Could you speak a little bit about what that looks like? Yeah. Oh, thank you for, for pointing that out. That's, that's one of my favorite aspects as well. And that was completely my, my husband sort of built the site with me, helped me design it. We, we got some programmers involved, but, um, because there are 10 categories and we hit those 10 categories once every two weeks. So, uh, because there are five lessons, then you get a lesson per category every two weeks. And, there is at the end of your lesson, once you complete it, you can rate your child's interest. And the way we ask that, because we want to make sure we're not confusing parents. This isn't a grade. We're not grading your kid, right? Like on how well they did on their alphabet today. Um, this is how much was your kid interested in this specific activity? Because that activity is tied to an interest rather than a school subject. Um, it could be, you know, an interest in discovery. It could be they're interested in art or um, literature, whatever. So then we, with our, with our programming, we then create this visual representation of your child's interest at any given moment. And you can actually see based on like a level of stars of the rate from their did your kid get a twinkle in their eye after this lesson, right? You see that rating. And um, not only does it help with exactly what you're saying, you know, you you can kind of piggyback on what their interest is to introduce other subjects, but you also get sort of this really beautiful picture, non-emotional picture into what on paper your kid uh, is growing in, what they're interested in, what they're learning in. And it's just, it's, it creates such a confident space for the parent because you know, okay, so they just kind of hate music. Cool. Um, they love logic. They love math. Here's a way that we could kind of incorporate logic and math into music. If that's something that our family values, if not cool too, right? You can use the interest mm -hmm. log however you want to. It's not a whole, oh, they're behind in this, right? They're weak in this area. I don't care. I don't really believe in that. So, um, yeah, it's, it's very much a tool for the parent to kind of assess how they can model and adapt the learning and the teaching uh, based on what their unique, specific 
kid is into. Every kid's different and every parent is. So I think it's a really valuable um, way to kind of train your brain to think differently about things. I love that. I wish we would have had something like that when our kids were tiny, Kate, because we had these kids that were both just, both of us had these kids that were just hugely like, they would go down these trails and we're oh like, how do you make this kind of feel like it counts in some way? Because you can see the learning happening. You can see the growth and yet it doesn't fit neatly into like a particular box of that was definitely language arts today, you know, but <laughs> but you you know that it's happening. So the idea of being able to track that, I feel like would be so empowering for parents. It, it it's empowering for me at least. Um, I have a I have a kid who she just wants to um, act out plays and song. She wants to kind of act out music videos to songs all day, um, or write plays and then pick who would star in each play. And she's very like she charts and graphs it and everything. So introducing logic into that you know and math into that because she could care less about any of those things she's it's just all kind of creativity and if there's not a show involved where she can perform she's kind of not into it so we found you know ways to say okay well if you want 10 people to come to the show then um how many seats do you need how can you set the table so that each have a snack this person is gluten-free what snack would they like it's just it's just a question of adapting everything to that person's um unique passion and skill set. And that's such an important tool for later on when things get really hard. I know you guys can speak to that quite a bit. This episode is sponsored by Epic. Epic has a huge library of more than 35,000 high quality popular children's books, videos, quizzes, and more for children 12 and under. Epic is perfect for homeschooling, learning, and curriculum with thousands of books on every subject and topic. Plus, kids can reinforce their learning through quizzes and additional recommended content. And we have found that it's really great for lazy unit studies, right? So much fun. So many rabbit holes. <laughs> <laughs> they just pick a topic and there's always a book <laughs> um, and usually several to choose from and... They can learn all about whatever they're interested in at the moment, and it's like right there at their fingertips, which is so handy. You don't even have to go to the library. It's one of those resources that you feel no guilt about your children using because there's no apps or in-app purchases. It's kid-friendly, and it's safe, and it's so it's screen time that's actually good for your kids. And millions of children around the world are using Epic, which I think is so great because we hear from overseas families all the time looking for resources um, because they are English speakers and they're looking for English resources in the place where they are that where they don't have to bring you know hundreds of books with them in their suitcases and try to track them down in a country where English isn't the main language. So um, that's really helpful. It's also too. really great if you're in a rural setting and you don't have a huge library because it definitely with thirty five thousand titles. That's a lot. Definitely. <laughs> a lot of kids' books. Yes. Um, you were talking about um, why Epic is so safe, and there's a lot of parent features, um, including you can track your child's progress which is with a digital reading log. Parents can create personalized collections for their children through their parent dashboard. Parents can create up to four customizable child profiles per account, um, and they have like books that your kids are actually wanting to read. <laughs> so many good ones, like A Wrinkle in Time, Where the Wild Things Are, National Geographic, Good Night Moon. They have the Chronicles of Narnia and the Velveteen Rabbit. 
And Curious George. Oh, I love Curious George. We love George here. So Epic is normally $7.99 a month, which is a great deal. But we have partnered with them to get our listeners two months absolutely free. So just use promo code SISTERS when you sign up for Epic at getepic.com and you'll get your first two months totally free. That's getepic.com and use promo code SISTERS for two months free. Well, I, I want to go back just a little bit when we were talking about, um, you know, the the expectations and, you know, one of the questions that we get a lot is about, like, how do you know that your child is going to be ready for real school, which I, I guess people are kind of thinking is when sort of like you have to start documenting things, you know, or maybe like when your state requires, which I think for most states is around seven. Um, that's That kind of seems to be the age. So... The thing is, that has changed so much. It's hard to really say like what your child needs to be ready because if you're going to continue homeschooling, it's very different than if you're going to be sending them into a public school classroom. Um, you know, kids, the spectrum of like just learning to read can be this huge, <laughs> you know, I mean from four to 10, you know, it is normal for kids to be learning to read. And a generation ago, it was totally different. Two generations ago, neither of my parents even went to preschool. It wasn't even a thing, you know? And now it's like, oh, we have to put our kids in preschool and they have to be learning and it has to be going somewhere and they have to be getting these skills. And, and they have to be on the wait list for it before they're even Right, mobile. right. And <laughs> Then you also have countries like Finland where they're saying, no, we let these kids play. Let them play. Let them explore. Let them learn. I mean, so really, the standards are kind of made up. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> from the point of view that um, I don't think we need to worry about readying our kids for real school in the same way that that schools seem to get really obsessed with that, you know, because honestly, we, I mean, Kate, you, you too. I mean, we did a lot of play and a lot of just kind of letting our kids be kids and living life with them. And I feel like they were more than ready to, I guess, jump into, you know, a little bit more formal work or whatever when it was time. Is that, I don't know if I'm saying that well. Well, no, I I completely understand what you're saying. I think um, so. My parents were both uh, public school teachers, elementary, and um, I would say I, I think it depends on what your your goals are as a family. Whether you know what I love about this age group is you can kind of try on homeschooling and see if it fits. Um, if you hate it, cool. There are plenty of alternatives. That's the beauty of formal education. That's the beauty of our public school system. You can choose. Um, you can choose so many different routes. There are so many options that are all really beautiful, admirable options. And so I'm not, I'm not just pro homeschooling if, and it's better for everybody. And it's better for every kid. It's better for every family. If you try this out in this age group um, and it's not working for whatever reason, it could just be not working in that season. You can reassess next year. You can play it by year. You can figure it out as you go. Um, and that is all okay. There's room for that. There's freedom in that. I would say for the parent that's wondering, is their kid, you know, after after this age group, once they enter seven, is my child ready for traditional school? I would say uh, 
are they ready to be compliant to a source of authority? And I would say that's going to be your better marker. It, it has less to do with, is my kid going to be smart enough to keep up with the other kid? And more to do with, can they listen to somebody and sit still and be in a classroom and put their stuff away and be told what to do and be okay with that? Will they thrive in that environment? If yes, they're ready. Um, if not, you have other options as well. So I'm just curious, um, just hearing you talk, I was I worked in public schools before unexpectedly homeschooling. What did your parents think about your choice to homeschool? <laughs> just curious. It's, it's, I love that. That's such a good question. You know, they were it's, it's so funny. My mom takes a while to get on board for anything. If it wasn't originally sort of in her wheelhouse already, uh, which a lot of things are. So that's great. Homeschooling. We didn't know anyone growing up that homeschooled. Um, I still know very few people in my real, in my like actual everyday life that do. And so she was a little bit like, well, what does it all mean? What does it all look like? What do you do all day? How many, how many subjects are you doing? Right. She still thinks of learning in terms of compartmentalization and, and typical educational subjects. But it's so funny because once once she saw it in action, just in terms of how it spills into your everyday, especially at this age group, um, she was she was like, oh, I totally get it. I get it. I see it. That makes sense. It's a better option for you guys. My husband and I both work from home. We're kind of around all the time anyway. So we tag team it. So it's far easier, right? One can just kind of tag out when they're losing their minds. I think for her, she almost, she also sort of needed proof that proof. And in, in once the oldest daughter learned to read and once <laughs> that was her marker, right? Are you sure you know how to teach her how to read? <laughs> and I'm like, I think you taught me how to read. So I don't know what that says about you. But um, yeah, she needed to see kind of an example of what this looks like of, yes, you can raise a well-adjusted, respectful child. You can raise a child that respects authority in the home, surprisingly. Um, you can choose um, obedience and falling in step. Like There are so many lessons that come up in the daily life, just living alongside your own every day or going to the post office or following rules out in society that they keep. You can model all of those even without being in a traditional classroom. And I think she almost needed proof to see that. Um, but but now they're completely on board. It's so funny. Now, um, well, now they're worried about socialization, of course. Doesn't that always come? <laughs> always. <laughs> We've had that whole conversation as well. And um, But it is funny because of all of the... Um, the grandchildren, but we have, you know, a spectrum of Montessori and, um, homeschooling and public schooling and traditional schooling. And, um, there's a Waldorf thrown in there. And of, of all the, the grandkids, my kids both like to just sit and chit chat with an adult because they're mm-hmm. comfortable they're used to that. And, um, I think my, I think my parents appreciate that growth. Um, they like that example. They like that. Okay. Okay. They're not completely crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And you had mentioned that, you know, so far you don't have a lot of homeschool people locally. And that is something that a lot of our listeners worry about trying to find that community. And I know there's a forum within other goose. So that's a way to connect too, right? Yeah. So we, 
host forums on everything from, um, you know, introducing a newborn into the mix while you're homeschooling the other two or um, sleep issues or even just finding that elusive me time as a mom when you've got youngs uh, and when you're teaching them. Their forum is about all of that. And then there's also a local groups forum. So if you do, like we have parents all the way in Australia that are finding each other. So I think if you do, if you are feeling kind of starved for community, I don't believe that online community is a replacement for offline in real life. So we want to make sure to foster that transition well and to make sure we are providing options for other members to meet kids in their age group, in their um, in their life stage, in their, loca- in their locations. Um, and then we have some parents that have just spun off completely and they're doing a co-op together with the curriculum, which is really fun too. So I like that there are, there are ways to kind of take it offline, uh, you know, once that conversation and introduction is, is, uh, sparked. That's wonderful. I, I, I think you're right. There's something about having people in your community that is really wonderful and powerful, but at least when you're getting started and if you do kind of have, you know, maybe a relative that's saying, is this going to work? How is this going to look? I don't know, you know, and you're getting maybe some doubt. It's so nice to have a place where you can just ask questions and not have it maybe like be out there on Facebook for all the extended family to see, you know, because um, when you're doing something different and homeschooling still is a different path you know um it can it can be hard because you don't want to express too much self-doubt because then people sort of like will pile on that you know and add to it and it will just get worse and then then you'll think oh okay you know what maybe this is crazy maybe I can't do that but if you have a group of like-minded people where you can say like you said and talk about struggles talk about you know how do you do this when you're not able to sleep through the night yet um you know your baby's not sleeping through the night so you're not sleeping through the night you need sleep how do you do this when you have a toddler who's kind of getting into everything and and I think that's a really huge piece of um, helping people feel confident is knowing that they can ask questions and not get the answer. Well, maybe you shouldn't homeschool, you know. <laughs> exactly. You're so right. I can't I can't even tell you how tricky that line is between you want to be really honest about your circumstance and you're looking for hope and you're searching for solutions um, and practical advice and wisdom. And and when you when you are not approaching things from the same perspective it's really hard i mean i can't i can't get advice from someone if i don't have context for their scenario um or if they have haven't had experience with this particular issue so it is great that there's just you know an entire community that's in it right there with you and um oh and they're everybody's so kind i think that's what i love best it's just the there's it's so funny. You hear about like problem members and, and at like a subscription service or a membership. And I always hear, how do you get the problem members to be, and we don't have any, they're just also <laughs> nice and kind and respectful and just full of really practical in the trenches wisdom. So I, that's one of my favorite parts is I, I get to learn alongside of everybody else. And I got to kind of create the community that I wanted most. Mm-hmm. I loved, um, when I was reading your blog post about the creation of other goose, how you wrote children, if we're willing, will inspire many in evolution and ourselves. And I think that that just struck a chord for me as someone who had never expected to homeschool. It's so true. So much of what I do now, the podcast, the blog, things like that, I would never have had any of that if you didn't follow your child's lead. So I love that you're inspiring 
this whole community, this whole village of women who are raising their children and following their leads and trying new things. I thank you. I love that you're doing the same. I, I just, I feel like it's such an, a tendency to compartmentalize the parent side of us from the wife side, from the person side, from the creative side. And I think if we're willing to let it blend and get a little messy, that's where the cool, I mean, that's where the magic happens. And, and it, yeah, I, I see you guys doing exactly the same and it just, it deepens a little bit of everything. Um, so I, I do, I used to fall in the trap of where I had to compartmentalize all these like different things, but I think that's what our kids teach us when we, we get from our seats to that learning process is we see it doesn't happen in a vacuum and it doesn't happen in that controlled environment. But if we do kind of let it spill out in that, you know, there are a ton of negatives to that as well. It's just kind of a mess all the time, but um, <laughs> we, can be, we can be comfortable and we can be practiced and in inviting that. I just think the benefits are a hundredfold. It's just, it, it's just kind of a different way that, we're sort of living life, like keeping our kids home, working from home, doing, but a lot of that is because we're able to use resources that didn't exist, you know, many years ago. Um, everything is online now. And I think back, like the work that we're all doing, like we couldn't have done this, you know, a generation ago because we didn't have, you know, so, so yeah, everything is changing a little bit. And, that means that our lives might get a little messy, but there's a lot of, a lot of beauty and kind of combining everything and just living life together with our kids. It also speaks to one of the benefits of homeschooling, which is that we don't know what our kids are going to do when they're our age and they could have careers that we can't imagine right now. So just teaching them how to learn and learn joyfully is huge to follow your creative pursuits exactly and in, we're inviting them into that process and we're modeling what it looks like to chase an idea and to try to capture it and to, to try to execute it um, we keep a dry erase board in our kitchen um, and I always get the question from like working at home moms with little kids like how do you like carve out that space to do it and I don't really I, I used to uh I do it less now, but also I think that has to do with the two-year-old just being like running around and mobile. But um, we just keep a family dry erase board and everybody has like a quadrant, right? They've all got their little box. And when you have an idea in the middle of the day, you write it on the on the dry erase board or you draw a picture of it. And, and that's something that you want to work on right now. That's something that you want to chase a little bit and, and put time and attention toward. And our kids can every bit as much and in, be involved in that process, right? Right now, my daughter has in her quadrant, uh, she wants to design an architect and engineer a playhouse with her dad uh, for the backyard because she doesn't like the one we have. And I'm like, that's not going to fly. For <laughs> but let's figure out a way to make it work. And um, yeah, getting giving our kids kind of front row seats to that because that's what they give us. We get front row seats to their learning and they get front row seats to our um, learning as well. And it doesn't have to stop with any of us. Um, well, we had, we had one more, uh, question that was asked and, and I've heard this a lot and I, I don't know if you have any recommendations because this is just one of those hard things that when you have little ones, sometimes they don't like what you plan for the day. So, um, you know, we had a few people ask, um, you know, so, and, and that's the thing too, when you were talking about like you take, you know, 
hours to dye rice the right colors and everything and you like invest all this time in it and then you know you put it out and you think your kids are going to run down the stairs and be like oh mommy you did this for me and instead they're like oh you know (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) so do you um do you have suggestions for that for that age group when your kids don't like something that you present that day oh I think that's totally fine if they don't like something that I present that day. So, so for me, I have to make sure that I am not, again, attaching myself to that result or, or placing the expectation that they're going to love it or that they're going to even learn something. Um, just this morning we did, um, I, I made like an, we're, we're just working on letter recognition with a two-year-old working on it. Just when it comes up, it comes up. Um, but I thought, oh, you know what? He's he loves like his dump truck situations, so and he's gonna love it if I just sidewalk chalk the letters, and he can just drive his car to the next letter, right? And then he can learn that they kind of, he knows the ABC song. He can learn they kind of go in a row. Um, but most of the, oh, by the way, most of these lessons are born from things that so the younger one wants to read because the older one reads, but he doesn't know how to read, so he's frustrated. So I think it's less about keeping them on track. I don't, I don't think there's just a track for a kid where they need to know things at certain ages. But if they're interested and passionate about something and they're encountering a barrier, I want to help them reach and cross that barrier well. So because letters are a thing for him right now and he wants to know them and he wants to put them together and he wants to read, um, we're just working on it a little bit. And anyway, so I, I just drew in sidewalk a beast and I'm having his take his dump truck to, and he's just like, no, I don't want to do it. I want to write it in the grass. And I'm like, well, the letters aren't in the grass. <laughs> on the <laughs> and then I, and then I think, okay, well, what's a way that we can make this more fun. So then it's like, throw a rocket, a throw a rocket B like try to hit the C and then and, and it's all adaptation. And, um, and then you haven't lost anything, right? You're not, because you're not spending six hours in the kitchen making the rainbow rice mm-hmm. sensory thin, you're maybe, I, you're just, and none of it is lost. None of it, even if they're not into the lesson, you're spending time with your kid. You're giving them one-on-one attention. You're practicing how to teach. Um, it is less about what the kid is into and more about what you are learning along the way and more about getting in that rhythm of doing something that the kid just doesn't want to do um, and introducing it and letting that be. So um, one thing that I tell our members, we have a printable version of this site. So they can, there's a newsletter that comes out every Saturday and you get a preview of next week's lessons. So you can print them all out. Um, I'm kind of an offline person, so I like the printable version better. Um, You can print them all out. And then I know as soon as I print those out, which ones my kids are going to be into and which ones they aren't. So I make sure to do the ones that they're not going to be into with a snack, um, usually in the morning. It's just when things flow better. And even then, sometimes it doesn't work, right? Because what does it works or not works even mean? Um, So I would say to the parent that's like, what my kid doesn't want to do the lesson that I prepared for them. I would say, cool, um, find a way to learn that lesson for yourself. Like find a way to to translate the lesson in a way that you're learning something new. Um, Doesn't matter about the kid. That's so, so good. Yeah. Because I think of us can get really stuck in the idea that like this is our identity. We're the homeschool teacher. So if we present something that our child doesn't love, we're doing it wrong. We're failing. You know, we 
and we get we get trapped in this mindset of well all the people that I follow online, their kids are smiling all the time. They always look happy. They always look totally engaged. And that's because we share pictures of the good moments. You know, I mean, um, occasionally we'll share pictures of the rocky moments, but most people out there are sharing pictures of the really good moments. So it's really easy to get this false sense of like, okay, well, I'm not capable of doing this because my child resisted whatever particular activity it is. And that's just, that's just not true. And it's just like with us, like we're not going to automatically like everything. I mean, they're little, but they have big thoughts and big opinions. So sometimes stuff is going to flop and just going, okay, you know what? That's fine. That's not, that doesn't define who we are or what our homeschool looks like or anything else. It was just something that, okay, next time maybe I'll know to put the letters in the grass or <laughs> yeah. well, in, yeah. in potty training, right? Like what kid wants to, well, some kids do want to potty train, whatever. That's weird. But like what <laughs> wants to potty train? It's just a kind of a natural, you introduce it in different stages. If it flies, cool. If it doesn't cool, but there's no one when we potty train our kids, we're not like we have to do it today. Right. right. This will be done this way. We have to do it. We have two hours to get it done. We're going to just get it done. We're going to just bang it out. We don't, it doesn't work like that for small children. It doesn't work like that for grown ups. So I do, I think it's less about finishing or completing or, or getting that checklist done. Um, or even assuming that if you're, if your kid resists the lesson, that that means they're going to resist you as a teacher. Um, none of that is true. It, uh, they're into some things. They're not into some things. You know how many times a kid has been like, I love apples today. And then the next day they hate apples. Um, it's just a moving target. It's impossible. But it doesn't mean that that we're doing it wrong. Um, it does mean we can get better with practice. And I think that's where we can place our um, momentum is in how can we get better as teachers and as parents and how can we work on that relationship and uh I think the rest really does truly, I know this is just easier said than done, but it really does just fall into place. It does. And looking at it as a lifestyle too, because when I was sitting here listening to the story about your son, how wonderful that he's looking at his big sister reading and wanting that for himself. So another thing is we don't always have to be the teacher. I can remember my youngest had two older siblings reading and he went through, um, was is it the fantastic Mr. Fox by Roald Dahl? He had a bookmark. He could not read. He could only read sight words. And every day he read a page of just the sight words and then put the bookmark in and put it next to his bed. And, you know, it's there's learning that happens in the homeschool setting that isn't necessarily anything that we planned. And it's just the lifestyle, you know, what what happens because it's like a domino effect. Totally. And that all counts too. I think one of the temptations is if it's not in your lesson plan, they didn't learn anything, but my gosh, like I would count that a million times over. That's like, that's, that's so beautiful. I love that. Oh, I love that he did that. That's so cute. <laughs> so cute. They learn so much from the bigs. Yeah. Yeah. They, oh, they really do. And the bigs love teaching them because then it's like, oh, I'm moving on up in the world. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I know that lots of our listeners are going to want to check out Other Goose, learn all about it. So can you kind of explain a little bit how it works? I know um, it opens up again June 1st, right? Yes. Okay. 
So we do quarterly enrollments and, um, this year there, there's going to be another fall one, but the summer one is coming up, which is, is pretty perfect for, even if, even if your kids are in a more traditional school setting, summer's coming up. And I know a lot of parents are just looking for things to, to busy their kids and to do with their kids that have a little bit of educational and intention behind it. So, um, yeah, if any, it's open for anyone with kids age two to seven. It's just nine ninety nine a month, and that is for um, the whole house. So if you've got you know four kids, bless you, between <laughs> two and seven, um, and all the lessons kind of work together. So it's not like you're going to have to change focuses between a six and a three year old or a five and a two year old. Um, they sort of blend together, so you can kind of just do it all at once. Um, but yeah, you can just sign up. Um, it's at othergoose.com slash welcome. Right now, if you go to that URL, you'll find um, a waiting list for our summer enrollment. So um, we are we are open to anyone, but there is a waiting list right now. But it should be um, a go by June 1st. So uh, yeah, what am I forgetting? That's, that's basically it. We're also on Instagram. I don't do much of anything else, but... Um, there is, I believe, a an annual membership coming up soon, which there are some perks involved in that. So we'll be sure to educate people on that along the way, or you can just sign up for our newsletter. But um, yeah, we just, we love, even on Instagram, even if you're just following there, we just love um, kind of dispelling some of those myths about what it looks like to educate young kids. Um, we talk a lot about how, you know, it's not going to look like the flat lay on Instagram looks like. It's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be smiley. Um, it will sometimes. And there's there's beauty in celebrating that as well. But, um, oh, yeah, it's a blast. I'm having so much fun. Thanks for letting me talk about it for so long. <laughs> oh, I'm really excited about what you're doing. Thank yeah. you. Great. We're excited to get to share it. And before we go, we always like to ask if there's something that's bringing you joy right now. Yes. So, Oh man, my kids are in the age where we can, I don't know, did you guys do this? Where, you know, it's the end of the night and you've got about a half hour before bedtime um, and you kind of just want to chill out and talk to your husband and have like a complete conversation. So we've been telling the kids, hey, uh, you guys have a couple minutes before bedtime. Come get us when you're ready. And they just go away. They leave <laughs> that room. Oh my gosh, that's they, magical. They don't come back for like an hour. They're just, they, they're gone. We don't see them. So we can actually have a conversation at night. It's the most beautiful thing ever. That is definitely bringing me joy because I, I did it. I tried it out once and I thought this is probably not going to fly there and come back every few minutes and ask for snacks, even after they just had dinner. But they do, they go away and we don't hear them. And they're very quiet because they don't want to make any noise because then mm-hmm. the parents will remember that they're still awake. <laughs> um, it's just very, it's all just a wonderful little hack that's working right now. That's genius. Why didn't we think of this, Kate? I feel I like this know. would have been so helpful. <laughs> I'm wondering if I need to try it over here now. <laughs> Your kids are probably putting themselves to bed, right? Yeah. Well, mine are older. Mine are 12 and 15. So um, they are actually going to sleep later than I am most nights. But Kate, you could you could give it a try. You could see if it works. I could. I might try it. Yeah, mine <laughs> should be able to put themselves mostly to bed, but that's not what's happening here lately. <laughs> they're, on, they're, on, they're on a real push to stay up late, but they wake up so early that I'm trying to explain to them that when you're up before the sun is up, you can't stay up late. That's <laughs> right. Things just go badly oh for God. all of us. <laughs> 
That is so funny. Well, it also works if you're at like a a friend's house or somewhere where they want to continue to play it, but they're kind of, you know what I mean? They're like in your space and in your hair and they're asking for a bunch of things. Then it works for that too. I just say, okay, we have a couple more minutes before we have to leave. Come tell me when you're ready. It's the best. It's the best. I don't know what it's like for older kids. You're going to have to give me all your hacks. That'll be a whole nother episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll tell you with my kids, I'll say, um, okay, we need to get going pretty soon. And they'll be like, okay, we'll be right back. And then they disappear. So it's kind of the opposite. They've outsmarted me. But that's how parenting is, right? Like just when you kind of get something figured out, they enter a new stage and you're like, wait, hold on. We had this figured out. No, 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 no. (laughs) What's happening? (laughs) I know. I know. It's terrible. I want a second batch of kids like where I can be like, okay, all the things I learned, I will now apply to you and we will be (laughs) just knock it out of the park. (laughs) You You can be the mother you thought you would be. Right. (laughs) The second time around. I I get it. I I think that's why people have so many kids is then if you screw up the first set, you've got some (laughs) ballpacks, right? Yeah, I need I need an extra set so I can be like, okay, all the things I learned. And then I can do other goose with those kids because in, yeah. instead of doing something like that, I made myself kind of crazy in those early years. So um, it's easy to do. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Kate? What's bringing you joy right now? I am going to Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! I know. I'm afraid I'm going to jinx it. I've been in such denial that it's actually happening, but it's this weekend. So by the time this airs, we'll be back and all zen, maybe. <laughs> Hoping. That's so fun. Have you figured yeah. out what books you're bringing with yet? Because I know you've been kind of trying to collect good books. I got the books. one that you sent me, and okay. then my friend gave me another stack, and then I'm trying to – I have a uh, – bookstore gift card burning a hole in my pocket so I might have to go to my favorite used bookstore and get a couple more perfect yeah Erin do you by any chance have a good book recommendation for beach reading Ooh, beach reading um have you ever read department of speculation by Joe it's a weird it's weird it's a good beach read because it's it's just a weird book I really like it though it's a very like honest um story about kind of a mom losing herself a little bit and her kid and then kind of finding herself again it's just it's weird and it's don't take it too seriously that's for sure but um it's a good beach read I think I like it thank you good writing it's really good writing that's what I need I've I posted on Instagram I got some great uh tips but I want a beach read that's well written fiction because I think sometimes there's a slippery slope there (laughs) Yes. Well, have you read The Nightingale yet? Probably. Yes. Yes. I love so that one. I did. Okay. All right. Then you're set. You'll be good. So <laughs> Thank you. Now I'm going to have to go. I'll go this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Kara? I just got back from a homeschooling conference and I got to see people that I don't normally see in person. And it's just, it's so wonderful to get like, I was going to say in a room, but we're in this gigantic conference hall. So I'm going to say at a dinner table with like these people that just, you know, you talk to online and I got to meet um, Cindy West from Our Journey Westward for the first time in person. And that was amazing. And I saw a bunch of people we've had on the podcast, Kate from Kate's Homeschool Math. And 
we came back and my, my daughter was with me on this trip and she was like, mom, we need to do Kate's book some more because I really like Kate. So <laughs> uh, that's a total homeschool win, I think. Um, and Definitely. so we're, we're working through her multiplication book, which is like all games and it's super fun. And yesterday we played for like an hour and a half and I kept asking her, do you want to keep going? Do you want to keep going? And she was like, yep, you got me. I'm in. Let's keep going. Wasn't there candy involved too? Did there, I see candy? Yes. So somehow when we moved, I lost my little math, um, like little marker things. They're somewhere in this house with the iron probably because I've also <laughs> lost our iron, which just goes to show you we've gone six months now without an iron and the world has not fallen apart. So... Um, <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if we need an iron, but we only use it for those. What are those beads? Oh, perler beads. Perler oh, beads. Yeah. That's yes, that's... my kids are like, "What's? Where's the thing for the perler beads?" I'm like, that's an that. iron. It's actually used for clothing. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they keep asking. That's the only reason that we've actually needed the iron, and yeah, um, and so uh, I lost those. So we were using leftover Easter candy, which is perfect it helped for sure uh to keep playing but um i did order yesterday i went online and got you know 250 math chips because that's the only amount you can get them in so they're on their way (laughs) (laughs) you can share with all your friends right (laughs) okay speaking of hands-on things i have to tell you aaron i went to the marketplace on other goose (gasps) oh And it was like, swoon, you have just the most beautiful, like, toys and educational materials listed on there and everything else. So thank everybody you. go over there and check that out, too. It's going to make your heart beat faster. Oh, <laughs> and, and did I read something about um, you can earn credit for some of your purchases there? Oh, yeah, I totally forgot to talk about that. Yeah, just real quick, if you um, you get credits for like responding on the forum, giving people good advice—not good advice, just advice in general—you can say whatever you want. Um, for completing how many lessons, if you're a member for a certain amount of time, you just get little credits that pop up intermittently, um, just to make it fun. Just and then you can just use those toward a purchase. If we make a lot of um, digital art. Or there's a print that says socialize, so you can hang it for, like, whenever your relatives come over and ask them. <laughs> um, there's, like, a, a little My First Fridge calendar. There's a numbers poster. There's some alphabet stuff. So, yeah, it's just a lot of fun, and um, it's just our way to, like, encourage people to keep going, especially if they've had, like, a rough couple weeks, and they're like, we didn't get to our lessons. It's just a fun way to reward all of that productivity. I love that. Yes, I need as much outside reward as possible. I do too. <laughs> like, I think that my daughter yesterday was kind of into the candy, and I was super into the candy. So, <laughs> that's one of those four tendencies because I'm the same. I'm really good yeah. if you tell me to do right. XYZ, I will get it done. But, right. Yeah. yeah. This is all like, this is all making me go, oh, I wish I had a two to seven year old. But. I know. <laughs> Lots of our listeners do, so make sure that you check out Other Goose. We're going to put links to everything that we talked about today over in the show notes at thehomeschoolsisters.com. And Erin, thank you so much for joining us today. This was so fun. Thank you. Oh, I love chatting with you. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, this has just been wonderful. So again, homeschoolsisters.com, the show notes, you'll have links to everything. And have a good rest of your day, ladies. Bye. 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 Thank you.
Thanks for hanging out with us today. We'd love to answer your question next, so head to our site, thehomeschoolsisters.com, and click on Ask Us a Question. We share posts over there, too, and you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. We'd also love it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes so we can connect with more sisters out there. And until next time, remember, you've got this, sister.